Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this uh, Wednesday, November 16th. Let me get my bottle out of the way here. There we go. Let's do that. It is uh, a minute past 10 p.m. And the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. Join a growing team and energize your career at Energy Transportation Group. Email sick at shipenergy.com or check out their website, www.shipenergy.com, and click on the career tab to discover your next career opportunity. They have a young team. They have a dynamic team. They have a great team. I've been there several times. That's the kind of team that you want to be part of. That's a winning team. That's a winning team. They've figured it out. They got the formula. All right, okay. Uh, Marc-André Perrault is uh, our regular collaborator, usually on Wednesdays, and he's going to join us momentarily. And since the Montreal Canadiens are taking on the Blue Jackets in Columbus tomorrow night, I'm going to go to Aaron Port's line of The Athletic a little bit later on in the podcast. He's going to join us as well. A lot of talk in Ottawa as to whether or not the Ottawa Senators are going to let go of their coach. Uh, well, it's probably not going to happen tonight because they were victorious by a score of 4-1 to over the Buffalo Sabres. So uh, DJ Smith lives to see another day in Ottawa. Uh, you would think, mind you, mind you, I, I think I've seen coaches be relieved uh, of their duties following a win uh, I think I've seen that. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I believe I believe Guy Carboneau won his last game coaching the Canadians, uh, and then he was relieved of his duties. I could be wrong, by the way. I could be wrong, but I believe Guy Carboneau won his last game and was relieved of his duties anyway. But anyway, um, what's with the bling? Someone just got paid off. Uh, no, it, it's a, I, I, I actually picked this up at um, Bijouterie Bassi. I went to see uh, my friend Jenny Dioris, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty religious guy, and, uh, you, know, you know, I pray and stuff like that, and I uh, decided to go out and get myself a cross, and, uh, and I did, and, uh, and I love it, and I, 
hadn't realized that it was out there, but I'm going to. There we go. Um, but that's it. That's the story. All right. Okay. So uh, Agnello and Sammy are going to let me know when Mark Andre Perot is going to join us. It doesn't look like uh, he's on yet. We had uh, a very interesting show, to say the least, with George Larac. And the beauty of a live podcast is you can expect the unexpected. And, um, you know, that wasn't more true than last night when George was in a hotel room in Gatineau and uh, he wasn't wearing a shirt and he was lying down on a bed and he was lying down on top of a pillow. And uh, I, I don't know if he was wearing anything at all. And I'm too afraid to ask. And uh, part of me, I, I don't I don't I don't really know. But yesterday I was uh, I was somewhat rattled. To tell you the truth, I really did not expect George to come on that way. But George is a funny guy, and uh, he made me laugh last night. Uh, you know, uh, that's uh, he really, really made me laugh because at one point, I mean, you saw it, you were there. Uh, it looked like George was moving, it looked like the bed was moving, it looked like the pillow was moving. And uh, you know, I'm pretty immature that way, so that was uh, that was the story. We'll get to all your messages, and I see that we have a nice crowd already on YouTube. Uh, the crowd, by the way, on Monday night was absolutely unbelievable. Thank you so much for your support. But the crowd every night here is pretty unbelievable. It's a very active crowd. It's a crowd that likes to uh, to type and likes to chat and stuff like that. And every now and then, I get in uh, I get in a few words myself. Last night was very funny. Tony Marinero says thunder gods. Thank you. Darth says sick. Futures says sick. Josh Schenker says Tony. And uh, Vince says that I saw his buddy. Uh, hey, Tony, you saw my buddy Steve at uh, Costco Marche Central earlier this morning. Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, um, right after I saw Jenny um, in St. Michelle, um, my wife and I, we went to Costco. And, uh, you know, we went to pick up a few things. And I saw a gentleman when I was at the cash, and he said, um, you know, I um I listen to you all the time and I watch you all the time and stuff like that. I said, thank you very much. He said, his name is Steve. And he says, can we take a picture? And I said, of course we can. He said, sorry to bother you. I said, are you kidding me or what? This is the biggest honor you could be giving me, asking me to take a picture. Uh, so I was very, very happy to do that, as I always am. So hello to Steve, if you're watching tonight. And hello to your buddy, Vinny, who is the one actually uh, texting here. Salut, sick Tony. Uh, great émission aujourd'hui avec Jean-Charles Lajoie at BPM Spa. Yes, thank you very much. For those of you who are not aware, I uh, I am a collaborator on uh, BPM Sports Radio, 91.9 FM in Montreal on your FM dial on uh, Jean-Charles Lajoie's show called Premier Contar, which starts at 6 a.m. and ends at 9 a.m. Eastern. And I'm on Monday to Friday, give or take, at around um, 8.05. And I'm also on Jean-Charles television show, show JC at uh, TV Aspar, which starts at 5 p.m. Uh, and ends at 7 p.m. I'm on Monday to Thursday, give or take at around 5.30 p.m. So that's my radio schedule. That's my TV schedule. You know the podcast schedule here. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, the sick podcast goes Monday to Friday, starting at 10 p.m. I go Monday to Thursday, and my buddy Matt O'Han goes on Friday. Uh, Tony, you almost gave me a heart attack last night. Uh, all right, okay, sorry, didn't want to do that. Uh, Johnny Jr. Potesta 
says, when are we getting an interview with uh, Marty St. Louis or Kent Hughes? Um, I don't know. Hopefully soon. But um, I'm I'm pretty certain that I could have spoken with either Marty St. Louis or Kent Hughes on Monday. And uh, I went with Jeff Gordon. He's um, He doesn't do that many interviews. We don't hear from him a lot. Obviously, uh, his, his French is he's learning, uh, but uh, he's not fluent enough to carry on a conversation just yet. So for those reasons, you see Kent Hughes interviewed a lot more, and Marty St. Louis obviously is interviewed every day. And I thought that Jeff Gordon would have been the best option for Monday night. I thought he was a fantastic guest. And uh, you know what? Open invitation for him anytime. But the Canadians were awesome with their collaboration on, uh, on Monday night. So uh, we thanked them. And um, it, needless to say, there was a buzz with that conversation with Jeff Gordon, right? A lot of people were talking about it in a good way. He's very likable, very likable guy, Jeff Gordon. I'm telling you, it's, he really impressed me in that uh, introductory press conference when he made everyone laugh. When he said, yeah, I've heard of Patrick Waugh. Very, very analytical, very businesslike. Uh, comes across as a really, really good listener. Uh, he'll never put his foot in his mouth. He always thinks before he says something. At the same time, it's pretty genuine. You get the feeling he's always telling you the truth. And uh, if there's something he can't tell you, he just won't tell you. And uh, just my kind of guy. Um, Stefan Godreau. Tony is the best. We want you to have a show at BPM Spa, your own show. Well, right now I'm 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 pretty busy with what I'm doing, and I'm pretty happy. And they have their own radio hosts, and I think they're all doing a very good job. But thank you for that. I uh, I appreciate that. Kelly says Tony loved the show. I'm a new sub from the other day. I'm a new sub from the other day. I, I'm not so sure. I get it. But uh, maybe you can enlighten me. I'm a new sub from the other day. What does that mean exactly? Boop. Pierre, look, yes, Jeff Gordon is an impressive man. There are a few in the sports business. All right. Uh, without further ado, I just got a text message from my buddy, Agnello Cavallaro, who's back at Master Control. And he tells me that my buddy, Marc-Andre Perot, is on. Mapper, what's going on? How are you, my friend? I'm very good. How are you? Uh, life is pretty good in Columbus. It's a place where you can uh, have some rest. So there's, there's, not much to, there's not much to do? Well, there's always, if you really want, mm -hmm. you can always, even in Buffalo or Winnipeg or, but no, here it's, it's, it's pretty quiet. It's Wednesday, you know? Yeah. Do you know, do you know so, Columbus pretty well? Yeah, it's it, seriously. It's a very uh, nice city. There's Is a that right? nice, yeah, yeah, nice neighborhood. It's close yeah. to the uh, Ohio State University. It's a great yeah. rink. Nice city. Nice city. It's underrated for sure. All right. Well, if you have uh, well, some uh, good spots to check out, maybe you can uh, you can jot them down and you can uh, share that information with Wilfred Nancy because I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if the Montreal coach actually ends up there coaching the Columbus crew, it is the sick podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 beer intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Hey, by any chance, I know you were working last night, but did you have a chance yeah. to see some footage from last night's podcast? Uh, I did not. Sorry. I'll just put, sorry, no, no. I just saw my, my hair is a mess. Oh. I'll just, uh, 
No, your hair is not a mess. No, your hair well, is I not was. a mess. I feel yeah. better now. Well, listen, if you feel better with Thank your hat, you. Well, but, you know, by all means, go for it. Yeah, yeah. so George Larac last Are night. Are you talking about the, yeah, he was naked. He was in a hotel room like you. He was in Gatineau. Yeah. You're in Columbus. Uh, yeah. You're sitting down on a chair. He was lying down on a bed. He was lying down on a pillow on the bed. He did not have a shirt. And I don't know if he, whatever, but it was. Well, you uh, said naked. Well, I don't know what's it, naked for you, but. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a first. I mean, I, I did not expect that. And uh, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. At least I, I, I hope yeah, well, if it's if it's a subtle way to ask me to go naked, it's it, it's gonna be a no. I'm shy. I'm camera shy. Yeah, no, I like you, but you're not my type. All right, let's move on before I uh, I get an upset stomach here, or about to throw up my water. <laughs> uh, okay, a good one though, eh? Very very good one. <laughs> yeah. Last night, I thought it was, and I talked about this earlier today on radio and on television. I thought it was a good loss. And I'll explain. I thought it was an interesting loss. It was a good yeah. loss. Not that, you know, I'm sure Marty St. Louis didn't like the loss too much because they lost very convincingly by a score of five to one. I looked at it as a good loss in the sense that I think it gave us a chance to all look into the future because I think a couple of years from now, the Montreal Canadiens are going to look and they're going to play the way the New Jersey Devils did last night. The aggressor pushing yeah. the pace, all kinds of speed up and down their lineup, all kinds of skill, tremendous depth at the center ice position. And look, they built through the draft with Nikki Ohishir drafted number one overall, with Jack Hughes drafted number one overall. They got a great draft pick in Dawson Mercer, um, who was anywhere between yeah. 15 and 20, I believe, and he's playing on the wing um, they made a couple of great trades by bringing in Vitek Vanacek. They've been another great trade by bringing in John Marino. And this team, you know, they've yep. great acquisition, Jesper Bratt. And this team is going to be really good. They have Luke Hughes, who's going to be a first-pairing defenseman who will be on this team next year. They have uh, – he went fourth overall in the draft. They have Simon Nemec, who went second overall after the Canadians drafted Slavkowski. You'd have to think he'll be – a regular on this team next year. You have Alexander Holtz. I saw him last year with Utica, scored 26 goals in 52 games for them. The Devils are going to be really good, and I think the Canadians are starting to look that way, but the Devils have yeah. a little bit more experience. They're further along in the process. That's it, right? Well, they're they're, they're one year older in the process, but the, Marty St. Louis didn't look too upset to me today. And by the way, I Marty's... Um, Martin Brodeur, I think it was on BPM, said that they, well, pretty much they had Slavkowski first as well. So I thought it was it was pretty interesting. But yes, the, the Devils are far from being the boring Devils they were. And uh, I mean, you have to give credit to Lindy Ruff. I mean, the guy has been there for like a century in the in the league. And uh, I don't know if you you heard his comments. Uh, I I I add to my resume. Uh, making uh, like Lindy Ross smile. I made Dean Evazan smile, which was a uh, pretty good as well. But yeah, Lindy Ruff, he, he has soft. Uh, well, just, just to, to, to put you in like in, in this situation, I, I asked 
since you've been in the league, like it was 93, 94 or something like that. Have you softened? And that was not the right wording. It was more compassionate. But he said, yes, mm-hmm. you have to evolve as a coach. And yes, he is more listening to his to his players, uh, compassionate about them. And it, well, it works. And the funny thing is that I don't know if you remember, but game number two, the fans in New Jersey were fire Lindy. That was the chant. And wow. then uh, three games ago or uh, two games ago, it was... Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Lindy. Wow. Have you L- ever, I mean. Mapper, so. Lindy Ruff, by the way, one of the best nicknames in the history of the National Hockey League. And you probably know it, right? You know it? I do not. Okay. So, je vais, je vais t'apprendre quelque chose à soir. You're going to learn something from oh, me, right? Again. You're, 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 you're going lo- to love this one. Are you ready? I Don't mean, bring it up to him, though, because I think he'll get mad the next time you see him. Probably not. Here goes. Yeah. Lindy Ruff. Ruff at home. Lindy on the road. What does that mean in French? It, it kind of means rough at home. Like okay. on home ice, he's a tough guy. But when they went to play on the road, he was more of a Linda than he was. Oh, yeah? You're rough. You know what I mean? Oh. Like he was, Yeah. Lindy That's Ruff, nice. Ruff at home, Lindy on the road. It, is it a true story or? No, well, that's what they used to call him. But I mean, uh, you know, I still oh, wouldn't mess funny. with him. never heard that. Yeah, no, I yeah. would not. No, he's, no. Uh, I mean, he, he yeah. looks like a tough customer. But Yeah, uh, and he looks like when the wires touch, look out. It's that generation that they, they didn't care about open fighting. Yeah. You, you don't see that often anymore. We saw that last week. Was it Delaurier against uh, Olivier, that guy in, in Columbus? Yeah. And they had a they had an open fight, but you don't see that often because, I mean, you can get hurt pretty bad. I don't know why. And back in the days, were they tougher or what? Or the the, the punch were not that hard, but it was yeah. not the same ball game. But Bob, anyways. Uh... The delayed that, Bob Probert was really something. It's a sick podcast brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I'm going to tell you something. I learned something too today. Uh, someone brought up a point to me that made me open my eyes, and I said, oh, my God, this is a great point. When you just said a lot of credit goes to Lindy Ruff, when I yeah. went to bed last night, I said, wow, a lot of credit goes to Lindy Ruff. Look at the way he turned the devils around. In one year. Today, uh, in studio at TV Aspar, while we were off air, I ran into the, the Tigre, Michel Bergeron. Oh, so yeah. as soon as I saw him, I said to I said to Bergie, I said, uh, I said, Wow, les devils, huh? Wow. And he looked at me and he said, Faut donner beaucoup de crédit à Andrew Brunette. And I looked at him, what? He goes, Andrew Brunette was the head coach of the Florida Panthers last year, and he was relieved yeah. of his duties, and Lindy Ruff went to go get him to make him his assistant, and Andrew Brunette has the New Jersey Devils playing the exact same way that the Florida Panthers used to play last year. It's the same kind of system. It's the same kind of forecheck. And I looked at him, and I'm like, yeah, that's why this guy was a coach in the National Hockey League, and I wasn't, right? Because he got it, and it hadn't hit me. And I think that's a very good point. Of course. And actually, when the people were uh, chanting Fire Lindy, they wanted Andrew Burnett. 
so uh, he, I mean, he, and again, you have to give credit to to Lindy Ruff, who doesn't. He's not scared of bringing a guy who can who could like basically steal his job because he he could do it. So I I, I respect that. But I uh, we we talked about fighting, and I I had a conversation with uh, Michael Pezzetta. Do you know what mm-hmm. happened? One year ago, exactly today. Uh, Michael one Pizzetta, year was it Pizzetta and Cashin or Pizzetta and Ryan Reeves, Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, Pizzetta and Ryan Reeves. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't much of a fight, eh? It wasn't much of a fight, but it was a turning point for Michael Pizzetta. I think. I mean, the guy showed that he was willing to do anything he could possibly do to be there for his teammate and then play in the hockey in the national hockey league. And I, it was funny when he, he told me the story because he said, you know what, nothing that happened was supposed to happen like that. Cause he had, he had his plan in his head, right? Cause he, he wanted to make a statement and he knew he was going to face Ryan Reeves. And he was like, I, I knew I wanted it, but I thought it was just, he, I mean, the best scenario was it's a hit and then we fight and then i can you know grab him and yeah didn't didn't hype, happen like that because it was a tap on the on the shin pads and then he, he said i thought ryan reese would, would be looking at me like hey who the hell do you think you are but no he dropped so mistake number one he he had the chance to take his time square off and you know do his thing and yeah like pretty much center ice so he's like okay so i, I know i'm in big trouble so i go at him I'm trying to get my grab. I miss him. So now my grab is here. You don't want that. You you know, you want your grab like here or here. So it's here. And he's like, okay, now I'm in big trouble. So I'm going to try to survive. So and it, you see the fight, how it, how it goes. But he said, if this fight gave me one, a 1% advantage, like to get a new contract, I would do it in a heartbeat again. And he won so much respect from his teammates, but around the league. He told me, like, guys were coming at the face-off and saying, hey, man, congrats. I mean, that that I respect you now. And so, anyways, I, really, I thought eh? it was a funny... Yeah, yeah. For He said for, for the next weeks, guys would come at him on the face-off and say, hey, respect, man. And Yeah. Yeah, so... Speaking of uh, congrats, congratulations are in order for Kovacevic, who our buddy Arpin Basu tells us via The Athletic that the Montreal Canadiens over the past couple of days told him, you can find a home in Montreal. Yeah. I don't think there was ever any doubt. What a story. Well, I don't think there was any doubt watching the way he's played. But yeah, when the Canadians picked him up off of waivers, a lot of people said, who is this guy? And is it really going to work out? Mapper, it's worked out. Yeah, it, it, it did. It did. That's a bad news for uh, for Chris Weidman, I guess. But it's a great story. He's a great guy, like very, uh, very calm, very low profile. Got his first point. And I know that he played with a chip on his shoulder because he obviously he took it personal. I mean, obviously, when the, the Jets like uh, put him on the waivers because yeah, you take a look at the D squad in Winnipeg. It's not the, I mean, it's not the the Nashville Predator in the 2017. So he took it no. personally, and now he is doing so much good things. 
we always say like, hey, Jordan Harris is having a great start of the season, but his partner is doing like pretty well. And by the way, do you know that his like um, his uh, I don't know, you see hero, Sonny Dull, his idol, back yeah, in the idol, days, yeah, was Patty yeah. Lalim, yeah, Patty Lalim. Back in the day, yeah, that was there was there was at one point, that, yeah, we I? yeah we saw the cameras in the locker room, and they showed Kovacevic and Patrick Laline yeah. shaking hands, and it was like why like what what's going yeah, that's, on that's here? It. And then you told me that yeah. Pat Laline was his idol, and it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, well, what's what's going on here? That's because of that. Uh, I don't know what you call it that that character uh, cartoon character on, on on patty's helmet so yeah it's i mean it, it, it's a funny story but anyways kovacevic by, is, by, by the way I mean, right the, now the, the, he is a- the the jets defense though is is I, I know you said it's not as deep as nashville's uh it's not bad eh it's not it's bad it's not bad it, they it's have not bad right now the but, mapper they have they yeah. have morrissey Morrissey is good. They, they have, have that Stanley they, guy. They, who's... They, they have they have Pionk. Pionk. Neil Pionk. They got yeah. Dylan DeMello. Yeah. They got Nate Schmidt. Uh, they got they got uh, Dylan. Logan Stanley is pretty good. That that they're that they're not guy. they're not bad. They're not bad. Yeah, but I mean, Nate Schmidt in Vancouver didn't work at all. Dylan DeMello couldn't make it in Ottawa. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not disrespecting. No, no, I those know. Those guys, but, I mean, didn't work out in Calgary either. There's guys exactly. That some, they don't work out in some well, places, you know. Yeah, of course. Well, Paul Byron, Kovacevic, these guys. But I mean, point is, uh, he had some good seasons in the American Hockey League. I, I think it was normal for him to expect. A real yeah. chance in Winnipeg. It didn't come. I mean, he's claimed on the waivers here. He has a spot, and he's. I mean, he's on the top six right now. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Let me so. throw something at you. Yeah. Let's say Mike Matheson returns on Saturday. A, if they play six, who comes out? B, would you consider playing seven D? I would consider for sure. So sure. would I, and I'm going to take it a step further. Yeah. Who's going to get traded at the deadline or the week or two leading up to the deadline? Who's going to get traded? At the deadline? Forwards, right? Forwards? Well, I mean, it, it, Monahan, it, it obviously... Dadanov, Drouin. If someone wants him, if someone wants them, yes. Yes. Anderson. Okay. If someone wants them. How do you maximize uh, their value? How do you maximize a forward's value? Well, you put him on good spots to get some points. Perfect. And if you can't put him on good spots because you have four lines and you say, I can't see him playing with the players on the first line. If you play 7D and you play 11 forwards, Dadanov might end up getting a shift with Suzuki and Caulfield. Drouin, when he comes back and he's out four to six weeks, might end up getting a shift with Suzuki and Caulfield. Not going to happen. Not Josh Anderson might end up getting a shift with Suzuki and Caulfield. They tried Sean Monahan might end up getting a shift with Suzuki and Caulfield. They tried him and didn't. Well, it worked, but I mean, there was a hole somewhere else. You're not gonna touch Caulfield, Suzuki, and Doc for a. I mean, until it 
doesn't work anymore. But so far, why would you even think of touching that line? It's not not because you go uh, uh, 11-7 that you're going to mess your your first line. I understand that. I, I but I also think that. I mean, I also think it's a good idea to go seven D, because uh, you can you can some guys have been overworked a little bit, so you can bring their minutes down. And if you give some guys too much, they probably get exposed a little bit. I think it'll be comfortable who, for everyone. Who's been overworked so far? Well, David Savard's got a lot of minutes. I think so oh. far this year for a guy who's thirty two years old. If you continue giving him all these minutes. Right, but you can yeah. you can bring Savard down a little bit. You can bring Edmondson down a little bit, and the young guys you can find better. Like for example, let's just say they stay six D, okay? And Matheson yeah. comes in on Saturday. You might have yeah. to take Jack Eye out of the lineup, and if you're not going to take yeah. Jack Eye out of the lineup, you might have to take Jordan Harris out of the lineup. And Jack Eye probably has an advantage in one regard because he's better at right D than Jordan. You're Harris not going to take no. You're not going to take Jordan Harris out of the lineup. I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, I, I think Kovacevic would be maybe the first guy on the list or Jack Ka- I. I don't know. Kovacevic can play left and right. So does Jack I. Yeah, and Jordan Harris does not look good I on think, the right side of defense. Uh, you're right. You're right. But I think he could. I think he could. I, he can. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. But I don't, I don't think you want to take Jordan Harris out of the lineup. Um, no, that that's a good question. But yeah, going going eleven seven. I by the way, I, just uh, important information. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, it, it is not the wrist. It it's is not, not the wrist. Okay, all right. Upper body no. injury. We were told sustained yeah. in the game versus Vegas back on November fifth. It's not his wrist. It is not, and that's that's important because you know. It would be his former injury. So it, it, I, th- I thought it was important to tell you, my friend. I don't remember when was the last time a Montreal Canadian was injured as often as Jonathan. It's, well, Jonathan was hurt pretty often lately. Yeah, but I mean, Jonathan, it's one wrist and then it's the other wrist and then it's the upper body. And then it's just, it seems like it's one. I mean, if this guy didn't have any bad, you know, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all, man. But uh, it's yeah. been, it's been a real tough couple of years for him. Hey, did you have a chance to see my chat with Jeff Gordon on Monday night? Uh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Okay, I mean, that, uh, that, 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 when, when you talked about Caulfield, that was, I mean, it, 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 I, I love the way, uh, how much confident he looked talking about Caulfield, and you know it's it's pretty much a done deal. And yeah, yeah. you were good. Well, you're doing you're good at your job. Thank you, I appreciate that, and so are you. And that's why I have this podcast, and that's why you're a collaborator on it. Stop okay. it. <laughs> no, I, the reason why I bring it up, and thank you for that, by the way, I appreciate that. The reason uh, it, it really, it always means a lot when people say it, and it, it means a little bit something more when it comes from someone in the business with a lot of experience, so thank you. But he said something that surprised a lot of people because I, I talked to him about Caden Gooley and the great job that he did versus Sidney Crosby and Austin Matthews and Alexander Ovechkin this season, and I said, the kid's making a name for himself, and he said, you know, I got a lot of friends around the league, 
and Kent has a lot of friends around the league. And when we either see them or get calls from them, the first thing they say to us is, how about that ghoulie kid? Yeah. Like, isn't that something, knowing the Canadians have Suzuki, knowing the Canadians have Caulfield, and maybe, you know, they don't say it for Suzuki or Caulfield because they're not new. You know, they've been here a couple of years, and in Suzuki's case, several years. But yeah, the fact that people around the league are, you know, talking about Gooley and asking about Gooley, uh, and Jeff Gordon tells us that, that's 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 pretty cool and good for Gooley, right? He's a horse. He he's got the perfect attitude, and I asked. I'm just gonna. I don't want to say like. Uh, I, I talked with the um, uh, the bear Andre Torigny about yeah. that uh, that draft. Okay, and I asked him, "Are are you sure that if we would redo the draft, Caden Gooley would be uh, at at the same spot? He was drafted uh, 16 in uh, two tw- 2020." And he dropped names and, you know, Lafreniere, Byfield, and uh, Marco Rossi. He's in love with Marco Rossi, obviously, coached him in Ottawa. And yes, he said, well, you know yes. what? Yeah, he said 16 is is pretty accurate right now, but I, I, I don't think that's right. And trust me, I mean, Andre Turini knows like way more to hockey than me, but we're talking about a guy who's going to play like for the next. 10 to 15 years and he, I mean he's just great he's just playing like a veteran right now and you said that Gordon and Hughes are, are receiving phone calls everybody's talking about Caden Gooley how good he is and again I, I was talking about Kovacevic mm-hmm. making Jordan Harris look good David Savard is having a big word in that but you look at Caden Gooley, he, he's going to have to protect himself a little better because sometimes he put his, uh, his body in a, in a tough situation and he's, he's getting hit and, you know, uh, getting out of the play. Yeah. But he is so good, so calm. Uh, for yeah. me, I, I, and I look at the draft right now and you know what? I, I, I think in, in a few yeah. years we're going to say it's, it's too late, 16. Mapper, interesting conversation that we're having here because I pulled up the draft right now, and uh, and you may very well be right, but that was a so. very that was a very good it was a very deep draft. Lafreniere, Byfield, yeah. Stutzla, Stutzla, Raymond, Jake Sanderson, Jamie Drysdale, Alexander Holtz, Jack yeah. Quinn, Marco Rossi, Cole Perfetti. Yaroslav Askarov, Anton Lundell, Seth Jarvis, Dylan yeah. Holloway, Rodion Amirov, Caden Gooley. And then a couple of picks after Caden Gooley, Dawson Mercer, Dawson Mercer. of the yeah. New Jersey Devils. So I'll say this. I think if you had to redo it right now, right out of the way, you can put him ahead of Askarov and Amirov, who haven't played a game. Right, I think right away you can do that. Um, uh, yes, yes, I I think you have to put it in front of Marco Rossi. Uh, you you, uh, you got to put him uh, in Andre front of Dil- Dylan Holloway. He's in front of Dylan yes. Holloway. Yes. 
Lundell is, is doing pretty well. He's contributed better than Jack Quinn, but I think Jack Quinn could end up being a 30-plus goal scorer in this league, so I'm not going to go too far on that one. But so far, he's contributed to his team a lot more than Quinn has contributed to Buffalo, a lot more yeah. than Holtz has contributed to the New Jersey Devils. Rossi. Um, a lot more than Rossi's contributed to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. What we're we're talking about a number one defenseman. That's that's pretty big. I mean, right now, I'm I I keep a, an eye on Logan Mayu. I've been told that his upside is offensive game. He could be he could be number one, but. I mean, we can debate what is number one, what is number two, but let's come back to Caden Gooley. You have yeah. like number one material. So we're talking about names. I mean, these guys will have to be very good to, you know, be better than the number one defenseman in the National Hockey League. So, but anyways, the, the point is that he is just doing great. And I'm a fan of sending the young kids in the American Hockey League to start their career to see like big minutes and different situation. I was a fan of that for Caden Gooley. After five games, I said to myself, you don't know nothing about hockey. Caden Gooley belong in the National Hockey League big time. All right. Um, we are expecting uh, Aaron Port's line of The Athletic, who should join us in about a minute or two. I want to let you know that... Um, the uh, the equipment that I'm using here on the Sick Podcast, of course, the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero's Tascam equipment is supplied by Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals. Um, Pitlick recalled. Thoughts? Who? Uh, oh, yeah, Rem Pitlick. Uh, I, I didn't know you. Yeah, Rem Pitlick. Yeah, well, uh, he is – this guy was pretty good back in his junior years, like – scoring goals it was his third time on the waivers which is never a good news he's a guy who last year could play anywhere uh even on the power play pk first line third line whatever he has to be more consistent and i think he is a very good hockey player he could very well fit on the fourth line for yeah lots of years on the montreal canadians but it's all about consistency and that's the problem of a lot of well pretty much like 90 percent of uh, of the players but it, it, that's the key for him he's a great guy great guy very uh respectful very generous with the media he's a good hockey player but he has to yeah, find his spot and you know like making like impossible for marty st louis to take him out of the lineup yeah so they're hoping this year, they're so. hoping they're hoping putting him on waivers is going to be a wake-up call for him. That's what they're hoping, right? They tried to get to his pride a little bit. And look, if he plays the way he played last year, last year the guy was really good. But it's the third really time. Good. It's the Yeah, it's the third time on the waivers. So what are you expecting different than the first two times? But, yeah, last year yeah. was very good. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Sometimes it's. It's just a matter of, you know, yeah, confidence. It has to, it has to click. Uh, hopefully for him, he's going to have a shot tomorrow. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he, he's going to have to show a lot more. But 
I think he can do because he's a he's a very good hockey player. You remember when he Montreal claimed him from uh, from Minnesota? Like people were talking about like yeah, as a as a, a steal in the yeah. you know was a mistake from Minnesota who had too many contracts blah blah blah. blah. But he has to prove it right now. That enough. Uh, a goal for him. He's hoping the monkey off his back. You know, yesterday, I, yesterday I could tell early on in the game that I just, I don't know about you, I just kind of like thought he was going to score. Like he was, he he had more jump to his game yesterday. Same as the last two games. I thought he played well. He's not playing bad. Uh, Sometimes his decision-making, I, I, at some point, I, I can't remember. I think it was with Henderson, not sure, but. There's a, they are on a two-on-one, and then he slows down so much that like two other players have time to you know to make their back check. So sometimes the decision making, I don't know. Uh, he is he's playing all right, but again, you don't have time on the power play. You don't yeah. have time on the on the PK. You have to do something somewhere else. And one goal in what. Uh, 11, 12 games, 13 games is not enough for him. So no, he's going to have call to... Me, call me stupid or call me naive, but I think this guy's going to get picked up before the deadline or on deadline day because, you know, he could, he can't possibly play worse hockey than what he did at the beginning of the season. He can only play better hockey. And I maintain, you know, Dadanov's not a problem player. Okay, he hasn't given the Canadians problems. Uh, I mean, there was a conversation there with Ken Hughes because he wasn't happy. But I mean, he hasn't given them problems. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, what a team is going to have to pay what to. uh, um, It's 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 they're going to have to pay him for what two paychecks. And maybe half and half. Half and half with Montreal, maybe. It could Best very case well scenario be for Montreal. Like, could uh, very but well be. Yeah, it, it's not impossible. I mean, what it, it's it's not nice to say that, but what you're hoping is a lot of injuries on other teams. So, guys like Dadanov, guys like uh, Drouin, guys like Monahan. Uh, let's put Anderson in the mix just for the. But you have to hope that. So, I mean, like other teams are gonna be like hungry for whoever has experience and whoever scored back in the days or whatever. Yeah. So he could be in the mix. Mike Hoffman, if he can continue to score. Cause yeah. don't, don't, I mean, whatever happened in the next weeks, if Montreal keeps on winning games, Montreal will not be buyers. And I think it was, it was made clear by uh, Ken Gordon. The plan has not changed. So Jeff Gordon. you need, Jeff Gordon. So, so yeah. you need this these guys to like the, their their value. It has to go up, 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 and hope to get let's say a first round pick for a guy like Ben Chirac yes. last year. That was a gift yeah. from the from the sky. Look, I mean, they, they want to imagine. Yeah, Mapper. They want to do this year with their players, and I look. I get it. The players they have, they're going to end up getting less for these players than they did a year ago. But what they did a year ago. In Not trading sure. Toffoli and in trading Kulak and in trading Lekkanen and in trading Sharat, that's what they want to do this year. They want to trade four players before the deadline 
and try and get some assets and then try and use those assets. It's the same. And it might ad- hurt. Yeah, tell me. It, I said it might hurt. Yeah. Maybe some players will leave that people will be like, oh, no. But that's the price to pay. Who are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Good defenseman, veteran. I don't know. David Savard? Know. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm going to say get... this. Mapper, Mapper, I'll say this if I can. If I'm a team going into the playoffs, right? I would take David Savard on my team. Of course, and you yeah. will you will pay a lot of lot of let's 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 say money. You you'll pay a lot of money for David Savard. And the and guy I'm take is it a step great. further. If I'm a young team and I'm going through a rebuild, and a team gives me a good offer like a first round pick for David Savard at the deadline, I'm trading David Savard. And I know Do our buddy doesn't agree with that because our buddy Jean Charles called. David Savard and untouchable, but Jean Charles is on one of these. He's on, uh, you know, you know, he's on, he's on, you know, one of these. Uh, keep David Savard here. Got to. He's get, a lover. You got to get Pierre Luc Dubois here. Uh, make a change in Ottawa. Bring Patrick Roy. Bring Louis Rabitai. Bring, uh, you know, he's, he's a dreamer, the, and that's ben, awesome. And he, he's, he knows it. He knows his crap, and some he has like more often than the, the, the good ideas. But for David Savard, and I hate myself saying that because I love the guy. He's playing probably his best hockey. He's gonna give everything. He is a great leader in that he room. Is, and he I is. Yes. Hear so many stories. Oh yeah, and I, I hear so many stories about David yeah. Savard right now. His the un- unofficial captain right now. He is just hey. great with the kids. He So anyways. Did you see what our buddy Jean-Francois Chaumont did of Le Journal de Montréal? He went to Columbus. I did. I had early. the dinner with him. Yeah. yeah. And he and he went to do a story on, you know, David Savard and what he meant to the Columbus Blue Jackets when he was there. And I know there yeah. were some real kind words from some of his former teammates. I, I, I like David Savard. I really, really do like David Savard. Hey, and I like you too, and you were very, very generous with your time. I think I had you on for about 45 minutes. Roger Delaney says, Tony, most of your guests are exceptional, and tonight's guest with hair issues is actually one of the <laughs> All is sick. You don't have hair issues, by the way. Oh, well, I'm getting older. Sometimes I wake up at night and look in the mirror and you know, but uh, so far, so good. So every episode we have, uh, there are some people that join along the way. So there are some people watching now who didn't watch a week ago or didn't watch two weeks ago. And, and that's the beauty of a, a growing podcast, right? Which is kind of cool. So uh, we just want to reiterate, and if you want to, one of your ex-girlfriends, when you didn't know me, used to walk around with a shirt saying, I'm a Tony Marinero girl. Is that right? That's true. It, it, it is unfortunately true. And I... When, when, did, I when, did you, when did you go out with her? Oh, it's been six, seven years ago. You see, yeah. it, it's, old, it, it, it's old stories and you like to bring that. it up. I would have married her if I, I would have married her if I was you. Oh, trust me, you would. Uh, she looked great in that t-shirt and uh, yeah yeah so I have no choice to say that at the end of the day it was a good 
Yeah, it was a good choice. Yeah, very, very good choice. Merci. Eh? Enjoy yeah. Columbus. Is the cannon going to go on, uh, go off often tomorrow? I'm going to say, okay, every time I get to Columbus, but don't tell anyone, okay? No, no, nobody, uh, nobody's listening right now. We're on the press box. And when they do the players' presentation, after there's that big cannon, so I put my, my cell phone with the camera on and I film my colleagues every time even if it's the 10th time they're in columbus they jump from their seat when oh, the yeah. cannonball like uh, strikes first so i'm gonna put the video on on my twitter account and i i assure you that it's at least one guy will jump of his yeah. seat so anyways it's always the i only, hate the cannon by the way yeah it's, it's the just, only good the only good thing about that cannon is if you go to the game and you had a lot of food earlier in the day and you're a little bit bloated, if you have gas and you want to pass it, you want to like just, you know, the, the best time is when the cannon goes off. You pass your gas, the person next to you is not going to go. Yeah, you have to make it fit, Unless, though. of course, unless, of course, it smells like the food that you had earlier in the day. <laughs> Stay away I from mean, the fast food. The See best, that. the, the best. The best moments to, 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 to do that is uh, when the cannon or in a spa because there's already bubble in the bat. So it's... Yeah, and the, the spa is <laughs> anyway. pretty good too. Hey, have a great night, eh, Mapper? I'm sorry, I'm tired. Yeah. No, no. Good hey. night, everyone. Thanks for listening. I, I love you, buddy. I'm so <laughs> happy you're on the program. Thank you. All right, okay. There's uh, Marc-André Perrault, this guy. I, I really I, – um, I got to know him – uh, more so, obviously, in the last couple of months here, and I didn't know him all that well. I, I discovered just a a great guy. He's my kind of guy because he's very professional, but he tries to have as much fun as possible. But he keeps, you know, he's 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 having a lot of fun, and he's always staying professional at the same time. And he's just he's my kind of guy and my kind of uh, worker. He's really really good. Really, really nice guy. All right, okay. Uh, I don't know what happened with uh, with Aaron Port's line. He and I had communicated with each other tonight, and it looked like he was going to come on. And Daniello and Sammy are telling me that they're trying to get a hold of him, and it's not working. So now um, uh, I just sent them a note and uh, told him the same thing. We're trying to get a hold of you, and that's okay. Why don't we do this? Uh, a shout-out, first of all. First and foremost, we'll give a shout-out, of course, to <clears throat> Playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Uh, Agnello and Sammy back at Master Control. Why don't you bring up a couple of questions, a couple of comments? Uh, Rems Bergeron. Hey, Tony, what do you think of a line with Xavier Simono, Harvey Pinard, and Gallagher? Ooh, I've uh, I've never thought about this one, actually. Uh, Xavier Simono, Harvey Pinard, and Gallagher. Okay, well, Harvey Pinard is uh, a young Brendan Gallagher. Whether or not he's going to be able to th- score 30 goals, uh, the jury is out. It will be tough. Mind you, he is a guy who scored 40 goals in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and he's got five goals in 15 games with the Laval Rocket. Um, Well, it definitely works. 
because you got Simono at center, you got Harvey Pinard on the left, and you got Gallagher on the right. But when are the Canadians calling up Simono? And when are the Canadians calling up Harvey Pinard? You would think that if the Canadians are going to call up a forward, you would think one of the first guys who's going to get a chance is going to be Anthony Richard, uh, who, by the way, I liked in preseason, and he's got 11 goals in 15 games. 11 goals in 15 games. If they're going to call up a forward from the Laval Rocket, it's probably going to be him. Probably going to be him. Other questions coming in. Felix Duchesne. Tony, I know you talked about it yesterday, but can you talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois and his possible future with the Canadians? Your podcast is sick, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Look, I like Dubois. He's obviously a real good hockey player. Uh, and you take a look at what's gone on with the Winnipeg Jets and Dubois. Uh, there's, uh, there's a, th- you know, the thought out there is that Dubois wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens. He's wanted to play for the Montreal Canadiens probably since the start of his career, and the Canadians have wanted him to be a Montreal Canadian for a long time because when the Canadians traded P.K. Subban, they wanted to trade P.K. Subban to the Edmonton Orders because the Edmonton Orders had the fourth pick overall in the draft that year, and Austin Matthews went one to Toronto. Liney went two um, to Winnipeg. And um, they thought Pugliarvi was going to go three to Columbus. And uh, in the end, Columbus ended up drafting Pierre-Luc Dubois with the third pick. Pugliarvi ended up being fourth. So there was no trade to be done with the Edmonton orders. So the old administration, the Mark Bergevin administration, loved Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, he can play center and he can play wing. And he's got 12 points in 14 games this year, and he had 60 points in 81 games. He would be just what the doctor ordered. He would be absolutely ideal, good size too at six foot two, 205 pounds. But what if Kirby Doc ends up becoming that number two centerman? Younger, cheaper, bigger. Better? Not yet. A higher ceiling and more upside? Possibly. Only time will tell. More questions. Uh, the fact our defense doesn't generate offense, it will catch up in the next couple of games. Maybe. But they're going to add their best skating defenseman and their best puck-moving defenseman and Michael Matheson as well, who's been missing since the start of the season. So maybe not. Another question. Okay, so at trade deadline, Savard or Edmondson for a first, Allen for a first, and maybe Anderson and Monaghan for first. Can you imagine your opinion, Tony? I would trade Savard for a first plus plus. I would trade Edmondson for a first plus plus. I would trade Jake Allen for a first plus plus. I would trade Sean Monaghan for a first plus. Um, Josh Anderson, you're going to need some players here too next year. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't think there's a rush to trade Josh Anderson. Uh, And right now, the way he's playing, if he's not playing his best hockey and his value is not at a high, 
You're better off. If you're going to trade Josh Anderson, trade him when he starts to turn around and he starts to play better. But I don't think there's a rush to trade Josh Anderson. And I think there's a lot of players before Josh Anderson that you should consider trading and you should end up trading. Let's take maybe another comment. One or two more. And Mr. Major says Dadanov is improving, honestly. He is improving. Pierre Luke says, Savard, I want around. I, I, I want him around too. I'm not in a hurry to trade David Savard. I want him around too. Until you're a rebuilding team, you've lost some games. It looks like you're not going to make the playoffs. The more players you trade away organically, you're going to end up losing more games. And David Savard is going to be 33 when next season starts. And he has a couple of years left on his contract. Once again, there's no rush. You don't have to trade him before this deadline. But you already have two first-round picks. Let's say you get a third. Let's say you get a fourth. Let's say you get three or four first-round picks in the draft. Imagine what you can do with it, the flexibility. Maybe if you're not going to be in the top five, maybe there's a way of end up, that you end up getting a third or fourth or a fifth pick overall. Listen, it would be hard. I don't see anyone trading a top three pick, but maybe you could end up getting a fourth pick. Maybe you could end up getting a fifth pick. And by all accounts, we hear that, uh, you know, there's going to be real good players at number four and at number five. Agnello and Sammy, do we have another one that we can take or what? I don't know why, but I just kind of like want to go until 11 o'clock. It's 10.57. And do you think the CH will draft a goalie in the first three rounds of 2023? I think the the Canadians, um, yes, to answer your question, I believe they will draft a goalie in the first three rounds of 2023. I believe they will. Mind you, they have a couple in the organization that could end up being pretty good goalies. Folks, if you like the podcast, actually, if you love it, comment sick, S-I-C-K, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter. If you're going to go tomorrow to Google Spotify, Google uh, Podcast or Apple Podcast, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review if you like the podcast. It goes a long way in having this podcast rated accordingly, and we thank you very much for that. You are a sick army. You are a sick crowd, uh, and uh, we're enjoying this, eh? We're enjoying I hope that you're liking this as much as we are. It's, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. One more, says Sammy. Sammy says one more. Best podcast, says Kelly. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Tony, do you see the Habs making the playoffs? Not this year. No, I don't. Kelly says, has Montembeau shown enough to be the everyday starter? Montembeau has been better than Allen this year, in my opinion. He's battled. He's a great story. Montembeau's really improved. He deserves a lot of credit, and so does goalie coach Eric Raymond. We don't talk about him. Speaking of goalies, Congratulations to Roberto Luongo and the entire Luongo family on being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. What a huge honor. So amazing for the city of Montreal. So amazing for St. Leonard. So amazing for the minor hockey. His head coach, goalie coach that he had back in the day, Mario Barri, everyone that worked with him. Roberto Luongo had an amazing career. Three brothers. 
who all played goalie, Roberto being the oldest and uh, obviously the only one to make it to the National Hockey League. I thought his speech was beautiful yesterday when, you know, he talked about how bad he felt that his brothers didn't make it in the National Hockey League, but he kind of shared that award with them. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty awesome. So congratulations to the the entire uh, Luongo family. And if all goes well, who knows? Maybe we can get Roberto Luongo on the podcast. I'm actually pretty confident that we can. I emceed his golf tournament once upon a time. Yeah, I did. I also emceed uh, Andre Markov's golf tournament once upon a time. Do people know that Andre Markov um, smoked? Yeah, like Gila Fleur. Uh, not as much, and I don't know if he did it during the hockey season, but uh, a couple of players do, and Andre Markov did, and maybe they just do it off season, right? Maybe they just do it off season. But yeah, I had a chance to emcee his golf tournament, and uh, there's a thought. There's a thought. We'll try and get Roberto Long on the podcast, but once again. That's awesome to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Think about that. It's pretty cool. Um, Markov, such a Habs OG, says uh, Martin do love Markov and uh, others. Uh, Tony, you're great on TVL with Jean Charles. Love that you guys are both passionate. Your podcast is sick as, sick as well. Thank you, Tony. Uh, this coming in from SLR. Merci beaucoup. Et maintenant, c'est toi. And what does that mean? Uh, well, I use this term in Italian called emosito, which means like, here he is. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, are you serious? And so I went for the translation in French, and I have, maintenant, c'est toi. And uh, there you have it. Uh, someone says, Gilbert Perrault fume comme un cheminée. Uh, Gilbert Perrault smokes as well. Sergei Zubov smokes packs a day and in between periods. Tony loved the hair. Tony is looking sexy tonight. I have no idea where these are coming from, but man, those are real good for the ego and good for my self-esteem. So thank you very much. On that note, it is 11.02. The Sick Podcast Wednesday edition is now in the books. Special thanks to all of our sponsors brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, as well as 8.6 Beer, and as well as Lacage Restaurants. Thank you to them. Thank you to you. Tell your friends about the podcast. We're trying to grow it slowly but surely. One day at a time, one podcast at a time. Thank you. Bidding you good night. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.